I am one of your hosts, Chris Fels, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to Chris and Dave's Reality TV cast. You are listening to a recap of Bachelorette Season 18, Episode 4. Now, Chris, we saw a bit of a slumber party thing, and what do you make of this whole bloody snooze fest? (laughs) Well, (laughs) we started off well, Dave, because we got... Single date for Martin. Let's reignite, you know, this this thing. Michelle said he's an adrenaline junkie and, you know, he seems like the sort of person he did a backflip the first time she met him and all this. So she went on the date. And, and I must admit, we've seen the car. So Martin's pushed into the middle of this racetrack as if he doesn't know that she's going to turn up in a car on a racetrack. <laughs> and then we hear this car go past, past him. And I'm thinking... They're not going to try and pass this off as Michelle driving that car. Are they? I'm not saying she's never done this sort of thing. It doesn't matter whether it was a man or a woman. That was rally level of driving. It was phenomenal driving, but it wasn't. She was a passenger. She came and they had a chat and then they did drift in. They were in the two BMWs. Great yeah, thing. Yeah. Next minute we get a date in the jacuzzi. All's going well. He's put he put the lips on her as soon as she got out of the car. The date's going well. They're all cuddling, and she's saying about like she, you know, he seems like a great match. You know, same wavelength. He takes her out of a comfort zone. All the fucking bachelorette one hundred and one score sheet that we need. And then he decides to defend Jamie slightly because he was his friend, and that went down. You could see that he went from. Her loving the fact he's got his arm round her, so her thinking, "Get your hands off me! You're making my skin crawl." And it was. It seemed an overreaction to me, Dave. I'll be honest, it did because he did say to her, "I'm only telling you what I know from the house and the way he was with me." He's obviously you've obviously got a different relationship, but I think Michelle's head was Homer Simpson donuts, Dave. Like I don't know what you're saying, but I really don't. <laughs> I don't like because what what she didn't like was the fact that he, he he sort of called her out inadvertently. I don't think he meant to, but he did. Yeah, I don't think it was the greatest move, to be honest. He he was. Essentially saying to her, she'd made a mistake. Yeah, that's what he was saying, and she had a face like thunder. It went down like a proper fart in a spacesuit, didn't it? You know, <laughs> she was not happy about that. Now, I think to be fair, I think he rescued it. I, but when he said it initially, and basically he was questioning her judgment and and whether she'd done the right thing, and I was thinking to myself, well, Martin, what? What do you aim to get out of this conversation? <laughs> you know, she's going to go, oh, shit, should we get him back? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, uh, uh, should we get him back? Because if he's such a great guy, maybe I should bin you off <laughs> and fucking bring <laughs> him back. I, I just don't get what his thinking was there. And, and like I say, I thought it was in the in the toilet when he said it, but to be fair, he did seem to rescue it. And so for the rest of the date and the, the evening date as well, it, it seemed to go quite well. And, and yeah, he seems to, seems to get on quite well with her, I think. Yeah. I did see though, Dave, a little bit of producer prompting. So his way of getting out of him dropping himself in it, if we saw, I was waiting for the sob story about, you know, his, his dog had fucking, 
No, sorry, his donkey had three legs, Dave. The old classic joke, and we called him Wonky, and it was terrible, and it was traumatic from my childhood, <laughs> and I just couldn't survive without the fact that this donkey had three legs. It's just scarred me for life. You know, all that sort of bullshit. And he basically said the same nonsense. It's as if they think, I've got to think of something. I didn't really have a father figure, and, and the one I did have, he just won't let me express my emotions. Fuck off. What fucking childhood book have you been reading? You know what I mean? I'm not saying we've, we're not, you know, we've all been there. Everyone who grew up has always had something in the childhood. They remember that she's traumatic, whether it's whatever it is. We've all been there, Dave, myself, everyone. But it was just like, is this your playbook? Is this all you've got? You know, you didn't have a role model. So you talk utter shit and drop yourself in it. Oh, it, it seemed like he's acting went from being okay to just like, oh, this is terrible. I can't do this on the fly. The producers literally said, right, action. Tell her how, how you feel, why you've done this to sort of save it. I don't know about you, but it, that seems so fucking false to me. Well, it all is, isn't it? And I, I have to say, I'm not sure, because we, we've only, you know, obsessively watched this in, in recent years, haven't we? And, and I think it sort of feels like is this franchise on its last legs or, or are there still loads of people that watch it and absolutely love it? And the reason I say, is it on its last legs? Because people have seen so many of the seasons now and very little changes, it seems, you know, and they come out with the same lines. And so they've got enough data points now to figure out, okay, so such and such a body, you know, got to the final, or maybe they even won the bachelor. They managed to maximize the amount of screen time. Uh, what they did was they had a cracking uh, sob story. You know, they declared all of them, Chris, can really see themselves falling in love with Michelle, can't they? <laughs> you know, despite the fact they've only been there for, you know, a few weeks. And, and it's just, it's so formulaic and, and, they've seen how all these other people have done quite well. And it's not about necessarily even winning the bachelor, is it? If you can get onto the screen enough, then you've got a reality TV career at the end of it. You don't even have to win it. No. So it is absolutely producer led or even if it's not, I don't even want to blame the producers for this one. It is fake. But is it fake because the producers are telling him to say that? Or is it fake because, well, he's watched all the other seasons and he knows the right ballpark of things to say? And that's a good point. And I've got a little bit of a Chris Phelps thing that would spice up this series, Dave. This is the, <laughs> this is the So watching it as a guy, you've got Michelle there. Great looking girl, she really is. You know, nice. You've got all everything about it. Dead grounded, family, job, everything. I, I just hope we don't get the whole we one eighty spin on it at the moment. I think out of all the contestants so far, I think she's probably one of the ones I'm uh, swaying towards better than any of the others. Even Matt, Matt, like I say, Matt was like a fucking wooden door at the end of it. One, he had no personality. But you know, we had Katie, we had Claire, we had Tasha. And what I'm getting at is when Tasha and Christy come in, or it's all Kurz, whatever her name is, come in. And they talk, and there's like 15 blokes there, Dave, right? Let's be honest. I would love off camera for one of these guys to get off with the presenters and just turn either Christy or Tasha, turn it into a... Isn't it Caitlin or something? Is it Caitlin? Sorry, Caitlin. I I can't remember. I'm thinking of Labour of Love, actually. I think you're right, maybe Caitlin. Um, 
and just get off with him, Dave, and just become a a, a bachelor spin-off within this series. And we, we've had How do you know that hasn't happened? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying might have, but it's the way the guys just completely don't even look at them two girls, you know, on the on the show. It always makes me laugh because it's like they're both really pretty. I, I, I think Tasha's absolutely gorgeous, but it's like it's sort of like they, they just completely Ignore it for the show, don't they? Go, oh my god, I cannot wait to get with Michelle. You know, and he's like, fuck off. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? No, yeah. Wait, guys, they, they, that locker room all of these guys are, are completely, uh, they have tunnel vision, a completely myopic view of the world, and only <laughs> see Michelle oh, as yeah. being the only, uh, the only lady that's around. Yeah. So, yeah. Whereas they're all a bunch of likely promiscuous bastards, aren't they? Exactly, Dave. I'm sure there's plenty of fucking socks crusty in their room, Dave. Well, that's another story. But anyway, so... <laughs> so well, they, they had it in Katie's season, didn't they? Yeah, they they did, had to yeah. abstain from wanking for, uh, what was it, a day or something in the end? And they were all like, oh, my God, how am I going to survive? I'd be writing in a bridge if I had to do that. But anyway, let's move on. So we get the slumber party now. Dave, I can introduce you to two people who have been... On mine and Sam's reality radar, and it's back, guys. It's been off for a couple of weeks, but it's not the normal reality radar. This is just a reality radar of a show that means Sam, or two shows means Sam love. So we get Nikki and Brie Bella from WWE Divas and the Bella Twins' own show, which means Sam still watch because it's still going. Now, they were WWE superstars. They, they were for years. They've literally retired now. They've got their own clothing range and everything. What they both had, they both had kids, actually. Brie's got a daughter. And then she's had a lad now, but her and Nikki, um, yeah, Nikki had a, a baby with her Artem, who was on Strictly Come Dancing. He does the American one as well. But they had the babies within the space of about a week. So, so Bree's second baby, and Nikki's first baby, were born within a week. Watch the show, absolutely love them. They're, they're just ridiculous, the Bella twins, who they are. I mean, you probably can't recognize them, Dave, but I know which one's which. And that's where they were from. They did well say WWE Divas. Yeah, thank you. We'll but- give you your medal at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Brianna's the one who, who has the deeper voice and Nikki has a a, a more bigger cutlery. A, a lighter voice. Yeah. No, no, lighter <laughs> voice. Yeah. You could have gone for the easy, lechy, less lechy one there, but, yeah, but yeah, no. You get what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. <laughs> but, but I know them really well. We've watched the show from the start. So we know them. So they get them on. So I thought that was a bit of a coup. I was like, oh yeah, Bella Twins, great. Get the slumber party, don't we? we? I mean, they're going through with the teddies, Dave. There were some proper battles going on there. And that's what I, I've got to <laughs> yeah. give the bachelor credit because they must have good insurance because in the UK, they would not do any of this. And I love the fact that even the driving thing, they were left on their own to so do drifting. They would do, you know, we've seen it in the other series, the wrestling and stuff. I think it's good on the bachelor. It's one of the positives. I like the fact that they actually get involved and people are trying to kick the shit out of each other. I love it. Yeah, I mean, some might say a bit of toxic masculinity, I think. A lot of these things, a lot of these events, you're sort of thinking, crikey, someone could really get hurt here. I remember in the last season where you had various guys fucking uh, playing like American football and, you know, slamming into each other and, uh, you know, people crumpled on the floor. You had the, wasn't it the cage match he had old fucking glam muscles oh, guy ed remember ed v uh oh he looked like a val kilmer didn't he chasen i think chasen, wasn't it? it yeah yeah chasen yeah that was a good you one know, and you have these things and it's like fuck's sake you know and but the thing is 
Chris, all this is going on, and you you've got all the testosterone is you know rampant in the air, and Michelle is kind of feeling a bit left out of the whole thing. Yeah, and and you know what? At that point, I, damn, I was like, I don't get this. I don't understand where she's coming from because it, it seemed really forced. She seemed to go from like zero to a hundred straight away. And I was thinking, God, you mardass, you have, you know, what, what's the matter with you? It's a game they've got to win. They're trying, I know it went down the proper, you know, the bro science bollocks and they were all just basically measuring each other's fucking dicks at the end of it. One that used the best and who's the toughest, like that's going to mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It's, it's for the novelty of the game. However, her reaction, I thought was, I thought, wow, this is, this is well uh, over the top for me. However, when she explained it and what it was about, I have no, you know, I, I can't understand. She was saying basically as a, a lady of colour, she grew up through school and everything, um, having to, you know, being the only person of colour in her class. And, and obviously some of the guys who she was explaining this to after she'd sort of admitted to Tasha and, and Caitlin, why she was feeling like that. You know, obviously they're of colour as well. So I thought it was a really interesting dynamics. However, I did, I did feel, I've got to be honest, I did feel like it was sort of forced by the producers. I believe everything she said, she was emotional about it. I don't believe any of that was wrong. It just felt like, why are you trying to say this narrative? Because her reaction, I didn't think was warranted. She's like, why didn't somebody come over and speak to me? And I, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't know if it was an overreaction or not. However, her explanation was bang on. It just, it just, again, it felt like the producers were just thinking, right, well, we're going to go with this angle. I don't know, Dave. I, I could be way off there and I'm not trying to offend anyone, but I just want to be honest how I felt. I think there's there's a couple of things that spring to mind is one is has she ever seen the the bachelorette before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I mean it it's a bit tricky, isn't it? You know, because the the amount of effort and energy and aggression that the guys were putting into those fucking pillow fights or teddy fights or what have you, um, was a lot. And it's like it's difficult to beat try and beat the crap out of the other person and then come over and say, Hey, how are you doing? Kind of thing, <laughs> you know, uh, she was saying she did, she made those moments. Um, so there's that that comes to mind. Was she just being genuinely a bit naive about it? The other thing that comes to mind though, is the producers basically theme the seasons, don't they? Yeah, like like Katie's season, it was all about being sex positive, and we create this two dimensional character that's very easy to kind of understand and and you know kind of even predict behavior. And she'd said this about you know not feeling like she was seen when she was growing up, and I just it's just too perfect, isn't it? It just plays directly into the theme of yeah. the season. Yeah. And, and it's, so I'm not entirely sure whether it was completely genuine or not, but it's, look, who it's knows? Dave, it's, 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 it's difficult for me and you to judge on that. You know what I mean? Because obviously we've not been in that situation. So I, I'm not at all. And I'm sure you're the same. We're not. What are you on about? Not. Fucking, I was never seen at school. <laughs> it's not. The, it's not exactly something you can not fucking relate to, is it? Not being seen by someone. No, Claire. I I... Claire had exactly the fucking same thing. She just handled it in a different way. Michelle sort of went across and said, "Oh, I, I, you know, the guy's not paying any attention to me." 
Claire had a massive fucking hissy fit. <laughs> Said that you guys just all day. here having a fucking bromance. Are you going to speak to me or what? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It plays into the theme for me uh, about not being seen. Every, Chris, I'm pretty sure almost fucking everyone can identify with not feeling at, like high school, it would have been over there, not feeling like you've seen. That's not exclusive to Michelle. No, Dave, it's not. It's not. And the discussion with the guys afterwards was the same, wasn't it? They, they were discussing it like round the table, sort of saying, like, I, you know, I understand it. You know, one of the guys completely related to it and he said the same thing. He was upset, rather upset when he was crying. But, but it, it I don't know. I, I, I just felt like a story was genuine, what she was saying, but the whole thing was just a convoluted. Like you said, I think that's a great, a great description. It just felt like that had to go with the narrative of the whole season. So I think, I, honestly, yeah. I don't need to say any more on that. I think, I think you've absolutely nailed it there, Dave. And that's like, and, then, and, then, and obviously, Dave, I'm usually the the reality radar, but I think I've got to give you the award this week. That was bang on. <laughs> usually, the reality radar. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, after the slumber party, Chris, and I, and I do have to say, I think this might be one of our shorter episodes because overall, I just thought this episode was such a slog. I thought it was so difficult to get through. There was no real massive drama, was there? There was no real, you know, nothing particularly impressive. It was just all these individual little moments. But the the biggest or the closest thing we had to an episode villain, I guess, was Chris S., you know, deciding to tell the guys how it is, you know, being um, Michelle's knight in shining armor he thinks i mean what do you reckon to chris s it's the, it's the same dna in it we've seen it literally every episode somebody all of a sudden becomes a fucking heel in wrestling terminology it, it they become a bad guy from nowhere this chris s now is the moral conscience for the fucking the whole house and and every single guy it's like, I mean, we've seen it so many times, haven't we? Like, he, he does the same thing. I think Nate confronts him. I mean, Nate's a fucking big guy, Dave. He's fucking huge. And he, he must be about 6'5". <laughs> and he's like, don't put your hands on me. But the way they, they framed it, either side of, like, the commercial break, it looked like he chinned him. And in the end, he didn't even do anything. It was, it was Chris S. shitting himself because he'd been called out. And I'm like, again, but why are you bringing all this up? Just if... If Michelle likes you, she'll like you off your personality, your own merit. That's it. You go on these dates, you shoot your shot. If she likes you, she likes you, she keeps you. That's it. That There's no second guessing for me. But people like him, it's it, again, Dave, and, and I keep saying it. I know we're, we launch into this, this series at times. It was another. So who's going to be the bad guy in the next episode? Someone's going to step <laughs> up and be the bad guy. We've, we've had, haven't we? We've had Jamie. With Martin a little bit at the start, he dropped a bit of a bollock. We had Chris S. With last series, we had four or five continual bad guys, didn't they? And then once they told their story over that episode, if they don't get voted off, they just fade into a fucking oblivion in the background. It, it It's the same nonsense. I don't know who's going to be next week, but it's going to be some fucking dead leg day. Absolutely joke. <laughs> yeah. But he almost did exactly the same as what Jamie had done. You yeah. know, he's kind of Shot calling himself. everyone else out. And saying, you know, there are some people here who think they've, you know, they've got it in the bag kind of thing. And it's like, well, who, who said that to you? You know, <laughs> well, no one. That That's 
apart from you know saying it in front of all the blokes you know jamie went and said it directly to michelle and then didn't own up to it when uh when it was called out it's the same kind of thing though isn't it you just call in the blokes out without specifics but it you know you're kind of pointing the finger at everyone yeah <laughs> yeah and he's like that guy on it and he went yeah, well, someone said something, and like the last series, you said the motivational speaker we talked about in the last episode, and it was Carl. Like, Carl. <laughs> and it was like, well, who fucking said it? Now, who said it to 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 fucking Katie? And he went, "That's on me." That's on me. And you're like, well, who's actually said this to Katie? And he went, well, you know, uh, and it's like you've just been sussed out, pal, again. And this is what this feels like when this Chris says. He's just a snivelling little shit, isn't he, Dave? You know, the typical <laughs> baddie. But he gets to say, stay as well. So he, yeah. he got a rose. Yeah. So so it, I think we won't see much of this Chris S again, Dave. He'll just fade into the background and eventually on one of the ceremonies, he'll he'll get sent home. It, it, that, yeah. that's, that's how I see it anyway. And if you're looking at the preview, she basically says, "This is I can't do this anymore. It's the end of the road. And everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> is, she, is she finally going to go off with Joe, who lives near in Minnesota? No, she's taking him to Minnesota, Dave. So we've got a little bit of a different dynamic. I mean, I don't know. To be fair, we picked this up, and you've, you've watched the series before, mate. We picked this up in lockdown, so we've only ever seen it on a compound. Is this normal practice to send them back to that? Hometown. I think hometowns comes much later. Right, okay. I don't think they typically go back. I, I think it's when you get down to like the last four. I think. I, I think it's something like that. You know, it's not. It's not all this lot. She's not going to take. You know, typically have about thirteen episodes, don't they? So, I'd, next week is going to be episode five. So I still think it's it's too early for that. But um, I, t- I tell you what. I was a bit surprised about Chris because we had a bit of drama last week, didn't we? Or Will got his um, coat, his jacket that he won on the group date. Yep. Had it thrown into the pool and stuff. But Will went home. He didn't get a rose. Didn't get any fucking screen time at all, in fact. No, no. Again, and that's what I'm saying. When they tell the story and they, they go no more, that's it. I, I always say, and you didn't watch this series, the Love Island, there was Wes... And he was with the oh, bloody name, the blonde girl on the UK one. And Wes is on all sorts of realities. He's just been on the SAS one, the, the Who Dares Wins one on Channel 4. He did really well on it. But they were together and they were a couple. There was a bit of controversy. He was with someone else. He gets with her. He was an actual, a, a, I think he worked for like British Aerospace as a proper top scientific engineer and everything and give it all up. But they... They literally dominated the screens, Dave, for weeks and weeks. You know, like we had Molly mm-hmm. May and Tommy and everything on your first series of, of Love Island. We had all that stuff going on. And then literally, once they got settled, you didn't even see them for about a week. And then they just got voted mm. off. And then he got voted off by whoever. But it was so bizarre because they were literally just sat in the background on the fucking chairs and the sofas. And you were like, how can <laughs> you tell this story for nearly three or four weeks? And then you just drop him. And they didn't yeah. win it. They were just off. It was so obvious the way they were leaning with, with who was going to win. So, so it feels like with this, they tell a story. Someone says one thing, let's go with this for this week. And that's it. Because they did trip up a bit because when she was talking at the start, Michelle, she did say to Caitlin, like, oh, uh, you know, and Caitlin said, oh, start of another week. You know, like it was because obviously they show it every week. But then later mm. on, 
when she was on the date with Martin, he went, yeah, well, he only went yesterday. And I was like, well, your continuity is all over the place. We know it's not on every week. It's filmed over four or five weeks. It's every day, isn't it? There's something different. But, well, they might get a day off here and there, but it's a, an intense filming schedule for them. But that mm. bit, And it's not the end of the world, but it's just a little bit of continuity didn't make any sense to the, to the show. Well, if he went yesterday on like a Saturday, then they could have started filming on the Sunday. So it would be the next week, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dave, it can still be yesterday <laughs> and it's like you know my dad used to throw out the same joke every new year's eve you know i'll see you next year dave you know you've never be, heard that before never heard it before yeah i have but i might have to use that myself dave i think everyone said that at some point good one every yeah. year um <laughs> So we also like we also that. said goodbye to uh, Romeo. Yeah, he also went and Chris G as well, the motivational speaker Chris, um, who had almost no screen time that I can at least remember. <laughs> but um... again, Dave, going well for motivational speakers, does it? Everyone who's been on has been fucking voted off. <laughs> I mean, what? What? I don't know. What does it take to to label yourself a motivational speaker? Can you just like book yourself in at the local fucking community center or something? <laughs> book yourself in with a talk, you know, sell a couple of tickets, right? That's me as a motivational speaker. <laughs> well, I, it's funny, you know, because like I've watched the Tony Robbins. Have you seen Tony Robbins before, Dave? So, so he's oh, fuck me. I mean, he's like. He's the man in terms it, of really. motivational speakers. He's the the yardstick, isn't he? I, yeah. I think everyone knows, even if you've not seen one of his talks, you've seen him on something, haven't you? Yeah, and there's a great documentary about him on Netflix as well, which is pretty good. It came out a couple of years ago. But there's another one called Eric Thomas as well, and he's good. But they're all. He was a YouTube type motivational speaker, and then obviously he's become massive because because he speaks very passionately. I've never seen, I must admit, I think it's the American accent for me, but I've never seen an English motivational speaker that I've gone, you know what, he's fucking really good. I, I don't know what it is. The American accent always feels like you're tuning into a film, you know, like that sort of, the, the way they, they talk. I, 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 I mean, Tony Robbins stuff I've listened to. And look, he's a great guy. A lot of people go to him. Conor McGregor went to him for his fighting and that. He knows his stuff. He earns a lot of fucking money. But it, it's sort of like, there's a place for it. And I've seen him in the UK, motivational speakers and all that. I mean, the best we can say is fucking David Brent, can't we, Dave, in the office when he tried it, following its ass. And I think we've in the UK, I could be wrong here, but I don't know of any motivational speakers. There's a couple called the Speakmans who go on this Oh, they're morning. perfectly named, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like probably in late 50s, pretending like they're early 40s or something. But they come on and they're like sort of the relationship counsellors, but they are like motivational speakers. But they're, I wouldn't say they're like, I don't know, to me, they're not even top tier. But I, I always find the word motivational speaker, like you just said, it's just a bit of a cop-out for someone who stands in front of people and hopefully comes up with something to motivate at least one person. You, we can all do that. We can all do that. We're all good speakers when we want to be. Um, I, I think having that charisma, getting across a message, you know, that not everyone has that. So, you know, I, I think that is a skill in itself. But what I question is what qualifies you <laughs> to, to actual give people actual advice, you know, because... 
you can all go, you can go to a fucking spin class, you know, and be motivated to do spin for an hour. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I, 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 what do you come out of it at the end? Chris, I remember years ago, a mate of mine um, wrote a book on, you know, running a successful business. How many successful businesses do you think this guy had? None. Correct. It was a nice round number, but that doesn't stop you from writing a fucking book on telling someone else who's going to buy your book and take the advice from you on how to run a successful business. Oh, uh, I, I just think ah, so many Billy bullshitters out there on this. I just, I don't buy it. It's like, you know, okay. I, I, I might be giving the guy a hard time, but I suspect, you know, people in that profession a lot of them are talking about shit that they don't understand it's not as if you know they've had had a good life you know they've been a ceo of several companies and then you know in their twilight years they've decided you know to go out and help other people achieve their dreams and whatever it's like yeah i'm not having it you're in your fucking 20s or early 30s and and you know you're trying to tell everyone how to live their lives i just don't buy it chris <laughs> That's the best thing. Not to discredit a whole fucking profession, but I have yet to see. Like you say, Tony Robbins, we kind of know him. It's like, well, if you're still doing the same shit now, shouldn't the shit that you were talking about 20 years ago still be applicable? Yeah, I, I'm with you on that because, because it all starts, doesn't it? Like, you know, it's a generalization when they do these speeches, and this is a rabbit hole. I didn't think we were going down there, but basically they'll go into a sales room and they'll go, you know, there might be 30 people there. Do you want to win? You know, do you want to be good at what you do? Well, you've got to go every day. You've got to be consistent. You've got to keep chasing them leads. I didn't fucking succeed. I failed. This is a Will Smith sort of speech. Dave. I failed 99 times out of 100. But that one time that I succeeded, people remembered me for. And you get all this shit. And everyone's like, oh, it's fucking great idea. Yeah, oh, right. Well, that's me. Don't worry if I fuck up all the time. At one point, I'll do it. The Rock says it. You, you, and Michael Jordan always used to say it. He would hit that winning shot, but he'd missed a thousand times. Now in sports, slightly different, but it's the same sort of thing. It's all about being consistent, turning up. That's that's all when they motivate somebody. It's just giving you that fire within yourself to believe that that person. They're basically selling them, themselves to you. And then that's that's what it works. I do love listening to some of them. I'm, I'm not going to lie, but I also know that you, you do end up with the same sort of dialogue, no matter what motivational speaker you see. It's just how they phrase it and how they relate it to the audience, which you, which I agree is a charisma and a, and a skill. You can't just do that. I, I'd probably take back what I said before. You're right. There's got to be something behind it, but it is pretty much the same words all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Do you ever watch Family Guy? Yes. So Brian, the dog, you know, wrote a book called Wish It, Want It, Do It. Do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a similar thought of it, sort of thing. But Chris, we've gone off on that tangent because ultimately I feel like this episode was bloody boring and uh, got nothing really else to say about it. No, and I think you're right, Dave, and you phrased it quite elegantly because i would have said it's absolute shit on toes dave because it was one of the worst episodes <laughs> of the bachelor and we've strung that out for as long as we could but no it was i've got to say though dave our next episode that we're recording the cv reality cast i am fucking gonna be chomping at the bit my friend because we are coming towards the end of married at first sight australia and we've got 
a couple of episodes to watch. I cannot wait for this to end, Dave. What a show this has been. Unbelievable. It's night and day from The Bachelor, isn't it? Oh, I mean, there amazing. is just so much drama. Uh, and it is amazing. Every episode knocks it out of the park. And so it is a bit, you know, we're sort of coming back to this one. It's like, all oh, right, okay, it's, it's, it's all very good, isn't it? But, I mean, to be honest, of the previous seasons we've watched, the episode fours aren't typically that good, you know? So, um Maybe we'll have a bit more drama and things going on next week. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, look, it, like you say, it was a bit of a stale one, but it's still got enough for us to talk about it, and that's that's all that matters, Dave. But but I will say, maths, different level. I've been calling out for a long time for older contestants than when we watched the Love Island nonsense, and it's on a different level. It actually shows, and I said it last week, but the actual older they are, the more stupid and childish they get, I think, Dave. <laughs> yeah. they're on another level on this show best reality show i've watched all year and i cannot wait for next time but anyway big thank you as always guys to all everyone who listens we really really appreciate it great great downloads from all year and it just keep you know if you've got someone who's into this sort of show then spread the word as many people as possible get over to our facebook chris and Dave's reality tv cast follow us on social media at cd reality cast and email us at cdrealitycast at gmail.com so the Patreon roll call of honour if you want to follow us and support us patreon.com forward slash cdrealitycast is as follows we have Michelle, Keith, Helen, Brianna Jacqueline, Noreen, Claire, Amy, Zoe Joanna, Helen, Libby, Katie, Dee Dee, Priscilla, Susan, Tracy Lauren, Lucky Lulu Green and Kent Gustafson so thank you so much guys for supporting us everyone who supported us in the past we really really appreciate it as always it's so kind of you so absolutely great stuff Dave no no that's awesome and thanks for sticking with us and uh, yeah we, we do try and catch up with the different seasons uh, we've like I say we've got one more week of maths or, or I think there's uh, some reunion episode or episodes and then we'll get on to Love Island, Australia. Good stuff. Right, mate. Well, I will see you again soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye now. <laughs>